money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Well, that's good because this is the show where we talk about the hard issues around money. And so if you're listening in and you haven't heard the show, welcome to the show. We welcome you. We give you a little special shout out right now, of course. But for those of you that have been listening a long time, we say thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Grab your coffee. You know the deal. Sit down. um, Listen in. Yell at the radio or or into your <laughs> into your device as you feel uh, appropriate and and uh, yeah let's just join in the conversation. We have a pretty exciting show. Um, and you know what? And I I'm sure it's exciting for you and our guest, but I'm like, oh, you guys can lead the conversation. These are hard topics for me. Well, yeah, I guess this is, these are topics that and we'll we'll bring probably our because I like online. to spend money and not invest money. Oh. Maybe that's my thing. I need to hang out with you guys more. Yeah, we'll see. The It's just a, a one before the other, and we'll, we'll get into that. But first you invest, then you spend. See, it, it okay. all works out in well, the end. Right? Okay. So, there you go. So if you haven't heard any of our shows or you uh, need to find an old show where you're looking for a particular topic, um, just go to morethanenough.ca, chri.ca, notmine.ca. All of those have uh, the players right there, search functions, you can find them. And of course, your favorite podcasting platform. Just uh, search Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb. And uh, if we're not there, reach out, let us know. So that's great. Today, we're welcoming our regular yearly guest for a few shows. He's Mm -hmm. been a regular, Brent Vandermeer. Hello. Good morning. It's great, great to be here with you both. He's a financial advisor in our city and uh, of Ottawa. If you're listening around the world, that's, I guess you could reach him if you wanted to um, via internet. (laughs) But um, anyway, I'm so glad you're here, Brent, because you're going to talk investments with us this morning. And um, I'm going to learn from you like I always do. But be super exciting, right? (laughs) Yes, I should. I should. It's terrible. I should be excited about investments. I will learn today. So I'm excited about learning. So um, uh, I'm going to read some scripture. I'm really excited about the scripture verse. And um, as I sent a message to Brent and Dave when we were talking about it, I'm like, this is about this isn't about money, but it is. So I'm going to read this verse. As you know, Dave often, you know, ribs me about. Oh, here's another verse, not about money, but um, it's about the heart. And that's what we do here. So I'm going to read from Mark 8. And I want to read a few verses because this really spoke to me the other morning. So Jesus left them and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now, the disciples had forgotten to take bread and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then Jesus charged them saying, take heed, be careful. In other words, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And the disciples reasoned among themselves, saying, It's because we have no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? 
Having eyes do you not see and having ears do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said to him, 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. So he said to them, how is it you do not understand? Now, everyone's saying, what does this have to do with anything? But I was really gripped with this fact that the disciples are in the boat. Jesus says, be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees. Now, what what he specifically was referring to, we're not sure, but I was thinking about pride, about religiousness. I was thinking about Herod's desire to um, accumulate wealth and to please man and not God. I was thinking of those things. And they're thinking, the disciples are like, oh, Jesus is talking about the bread. We don't have enough food. And Jesus is like, like, don't you guys remember? Don't you understand that I'm good and we have a good father who provides for us? Um, I'm just summarizing that part. But there was so much in it that gripped me when I read it. And I'm like, here we are focused on one thing. And Jesus is like, okay, be careful of pride. Be careful of what um, character issues that are developing in you. Be careful of these um, these temptations that are common to man. And I was thinking of the verse in 1 John where it says, um, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You know, he's warning, take heed. And they're like, oh, we mu- he must be talking about the bread because we, d- we don't have enough to eat. And they're on a totally different thinking pattern. And Jesus is trying to aim them to what's important and they just don't get it. And he stops though and he says, do you not remember? Do you not have eyes to see? Don't you understand? And I was thinking about it in context of even our finances, that sometimes we're getting sidetracked off the thing that is important to the Lord, which we know from Matthew 6 is seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I hear the echo of that teaching in this passage. And I don't know what you guys think, but it really it really stops me short when I'm thinking about money or lack of money or the grocery cost these days or which we might talk a little bit about inflation today you know, how these things are more expensive for us in the flesh to purchase. But Jesus is still speaking on another level. And how do we get to that other level of understanding so that we remember and see that we have a good father who provides for us? Well, on that note, so I don't know how we're going to kind of follow up with that, Brent. Uh, maybe we just let Reb keep talking. No, but, no, no, uh, no, no. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's a, yeah, it's true. Well, you know what, Reb, maybe just as you're talking, something was popping into my mind again. I think we talked about this earlier about the heart issue, right? And how, you know, we're going to talk about investing a little bit and, and inflation. And um, I was just thinking that in our day-to-day life, like we we manage a lot of money for people who have stored up and have worked and have accumulated and saved. And that in and itself isn't, isn't wrong. Mm. But like you said, it, it, and what Jesus I think is saying is what's going on inside your heart is more important than the actual bread, right? Mm. How much bread you have, whether it's 12 or seven or low, how many pieces, right? And um, 
that will be fed, right? The that how much more do we need to worry or not worry? Uh, like the sparrows will be fed, and the and 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 God takes care of the world that He has made, and so. Um, I think each of us, though, in our own hearts, needs to consider and be careful that as we plan for the future and try to steward what's been entrusted to us, that it doesn't corrupt in our heart and that we don't allow, as you said, the lust of the flesh, um, of the eyes, the pride of life, greed, you know, and, and, mm. and putting our faith in what we've saved up becomes more important than than our relationship with God and how our heart is aligned with his will. Yeah, and I, you know what? what crossed my mind as we were you were reading that reb was was you know what did the pharisees focus on well they focused on the rules they focused on the right they focused on the the, the law they you know they were checking all the boxes and um brant i think you can you and i can appreciate that a little bit to say okay we're, we're box checkers like we do you know like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we we, we want to make yeah. sure we check all the boxes and get all the paperwork and you know all okay, of that but rightfully stuff. so you guys are both as a mortgage agent yeah. and as an investor you have to check boxes like yeah. that the paperwork yeah, right. it, like yeah. that's right so but i think this is the this is what got me when you know reading that over saying jesus is saying he's not saying don't check the boxes what he's saying is just be careful around that because you take your eyes off God, you take your eyes off the yeah. Father, and and what is the focus? Is the focus is it more important to check the box, or is it more important to feed the masses that are hungry? Right? You know, essentially oh those two things, right? And then you go, well, yeah. When I take a step back, but but here's the thing: what boxes are we checking? Like the Pharisees did check boxes like nobody's business. <laughs> but what boxes were they checking and were they feeding the masses? And this is the great warning of Christ in the scriptures we read. Mm-hmm. You know, you you we talked about tithing weeks ago. You know, you you want to tithe out, you know, out the 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 spices, yep. but yet you're not caring for the poor and the widow and the lonely. Like I just feel this great stirring in my heart about man what boxes are we checking and what message Mm -hmm. what are we feeding the masses with and and that you know what brent that holds to your the the business you have you can tell us in a minute about what you do Mm -hmm. and where you do it if you don't mind but i mean that's a warning to us because he he does warn those who are rich in this world to be very careful about how we are stewarding and managing the wealth we have and what message are we giving people as as mortgage agents, as financial coaches, as financial advisors? Like this is a warning and a consideration for us. I'm just sensing this morning. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, on there, like we could talk about this for 20 minutes. But Brent, tell us who you are, what you do, and where you're located. First of all, and then we'll sure. get into it. Thank well, thank thanks, Rep. Yeah, um, I'm an investment manager. Poor- Portfolio manager and uh, financial advisor with a little company in Ottawa that I own called Crosspoint Financial, and uh, we're now a team of about twelve people and uh, serving lots of families that are all over the world, really, but mainly in the in the Ottawa area. But as people travel and word gets out, yeah, we're a fun little firm that uh, tries to, I guess, but, I mean, tying the thing in about us and about what you just said. What we've tried to do, if you go to our main website, our crosspointfinancial.ca, you'll see the very first landing page is we, we want to invest with purpose in mind. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of meaning behind that for us. And we mm-hmm. try to explain this to clients. It's uh, first and foremost, discovering 
the why behind what we're doing with money for people. And a lot of people don't have that answered. And so one of our great um, opportunities is to help them discover what's the purpose of this money? What are you trying Mm -hmm. to do with it? And in that can come some really fascinating discussions around Mm. well, their fears if they if they don't think they have enough or or if they have more than enough um what do they want to do with it and some really interesting conversations that goes pretty deep into family dynamics and history and how they view money and so we we do a really good job of managing wealth i would say by the grace of god but we we also want to understand the reasoning behind what we're doing. And that's mm-hmm. that really differentiates us, I think, a lot from others out there who can pick stocks and bonds and alternatives and um, talk about what the future might hold. And mm-hmm. and that's that's a fun puzzle that we get to try to solve every single day too. And and that's that's the beauty of what we do, I think, is we get to every day to sit here and solve a puzzle mm-hmm. where the pieces are changing every single day um, as news comes out, economic or otherwise. And uh, we get to figure out how all this fits together and are we missing something or what else can we discover? And Mm -hmm. I love that puzzle. Um, Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, the puzzle is nothing if it doesn't help someone, if it doesn't relate to what we're trying to achieve with how we invest, what's the purpose and the why. And so that's, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's a little bit about us and what we try, try to do to help, help people here. That's great because mm-hmm. I don't, in all our times with you the last year or two, I, we haven't asked you these questions. So it's really nice to hear again what you're about. And um, we're going to dig right in, um, you know, segueing from that conversation from Mark 8. But um, how we want to talk about investment and the inflation. And this questions came from actually one of our clients who um, said this would be a great topic for a radio show. So um, here's the first question I guess we have on our list today. How are people repositioning investments in these days, given the higher inflation numbers? Like wh- what's going on out there? Yeah, that's really interesting. In fact, maybe a nice tie-in is I was thinking also as you were reading the the verse later on and it talked about the rulers, right? Um, and the Roman Empire is one of the first uh, stories that I heard about um, inflation. And uh, mm. as I looked back, and I'm not an act, I'm not an academic or a big expert on the history of money, but in some of the books that I've read. You know the stories around the Roman mm-hmm. gold coins getting shaved around the outside, and to to basically take some gold off of them, and it meant that there was less gold in the coins that you were now using, and that's partly why I believe they they put those little rib lines along the outside of a coin over the years so that you could see whether it was shaved or not, right? Mm-hmm. And someone wow. was taking value out of it, and and that's that's what it, what inflation is, right? You. Your your token of exchange, your unit of currency, whatever it is that is representing value to you, and by the way, that value is time and effort that goes into something. That is what work is. Money is a is a unit of account for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be eroded, and therefore, over over time, it takes more and more of those units of account, that currency, whatever it is you're going to use, to purchase the same good or the same asset. Mm-hmm. Um, on the same other side of that coin, there's lots of stories you can see about how the goods we buy for the same dollar value might actually have less in them, whether you're looking at uh, a box of crackers or mm-hmm. juice concentrate or just things like that, right? Frozen vegetables. That, yeah, we right. can feel Fro- this cost <laughs> We, we do. Yeah. 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 So investing in that world, um, I mean, I think there's a lot to, to slowly un- unravel here, but 
inflation and the erosion of our purchasing power is probably one of the number one threats that we as planners try to highlight to people. And it's it's fascinating when I when I do a financial plan for someone and we project what their assets are going to be. And mm-hmm. and more importantly, we say, okay, what's your lifestyle? What what what's the the core sort of spending that you and your household need? And then we do a very simple inflation cal- calculation and we have this nice little chart that shows what that lifestyle today might be say $50,000 a year. Well, at very moderate inflation rates, by the time they're 90, that number is astoundingly high at even just a a very low inflation rate of say two or two and a half percent. And today we're seeing um, higher readouts, five, six percent in Canada and the US. Um, This will be, we'll get into this maybe a little later. I'd caution on, on on saying that's going to be the new inflation rate forever. I don't believe it is. And I think there's a lot of reasons why it's spiked right now and it probably will come back down again. So I would just start out by cautioning against thinking the sky's falling and the monetary <laughs> right. system is collapsing. And it is, it is a, you know, you'll see in the media, um, I think, what is it? It's either a 30 or 50 year high on the inflation mm-hmm. rate mm-hmm. that I saw the other day. But like stats, you have to be careful, right? Because these are year over year numbers and it's not the long-term trend necessarily. And so, um, but it is still alarming and one needs to be aware of the risk of inflation and then needs to be considering, well, how do I make my assets, whatever they are, house, investment accounts, whatever it is, grow at a rate that is above the inflation rate so that I can, by whatever amount it needs to be above the inflation rate, so that it can someday be turned into an income to when I'm no longer able to work, that is going to be able to grow at above or at the inflation rate to keep my standard of living in the, in, at, at the level that I wanted it to be. And so, yeah, it's a big, big challenge. And it's a tough one because it's not something that you see every day, right? It isn't, uh, it isn't printed at the stock market pricing. It's not sort of posted everywhere. You just see this, you feel this creep. So it's also got a, a psychological component to it that we can fall into sort of pits, I think, sometimes or, or views that might not actually be scientifically true or, or, or um, mathematically true, you know, um, mm-hmm. Because we happen to buy a certain type of product that goes up at a really high rate, we say, well, therefore, all inflation must be at X number, right? And, um, but I think we all know it is, it, is, it is high and it's increasing, and we have to be aware of how to plan for that. So, yeah, we, we spend a lot of time thinking about how to do that. And I think the, the context of, of the planning that should go in place before in terms of what, is, what ifs, right? What if mm-hmm. inflation is two? What if it's four? What if it's six? What does that mean for planning one's future um, pension plan, basically. Mm-hmm. So in, in that, I mean, um, you know, when we talk about it, you're doing these projections and, and again, um, what I'm hearing from you, there's, there's kind of a, a bit of a yin and a yang in the sense of there's this, this micromanaging that goes on. There's the, oh, the groceries have gone up from last week or last month or, you know, six months ago. And then you guys are thinking, you know, 10, 20, 30 years in advance. And, you know, I know in, in my conversations with a lot of people, you know, we're stuck in this right now. We have short memories, so we don't remember that, you know, the interest rate or inflation or whatever we're, we're looking at, you know, before COVID had actually dropped during COVID and how that affected markets. And, you know, now we're on a, a kind of an upward swing and what does that look like? And, you know, all of those things. So we do have a short memory. <laughs> <laughs> as people but how do you uh in the midst of that 
um, just speak to that heart issue around, okay, there is enough. And I think this links to Mark's, what Jesus is saying in, in, mm-hmm. in Mark is, you know, um, which, how much do you manage and then how much do you just trust that the Lord's going to take care of that in the immediate moment? Hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, Brent, oh, speak to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, humbly, it's the, most of my work is done looking longer and positioning assets for future growth, right? So we are longer, big picture kind of thinkers. For someone um, you know, who's looking at the now, right? How do I pay the grocery bill? Uh, I think it, it becomes more of a sort of out of my wheelhouse to a degree, but what I can kind of think is the main issue there in the moment is, is earnings power. Um, if I look at those numbers that are produced, really on average, the average worker's earnings haven't kept up with the rate of inflation and the cost mm-hmm. of goods, like the real basket that people spend money on, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's uh, the grocery bill, the fuel bill, the mm-hmm. utilities and things like that, that I think definitely have gone up uh, at a faster rate than their wages have gone up. And so we feel a crunch, right? Yeah. And uh, those are short-term things that people have to kind of figure out. Either I got to cut my costs, like there, there's really only two ways to do it, right? Is I cut my costs and my foot footprint has to decrease, or I have to somehow find a way to get the earnings higher. Um or have outside help from some source, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's really, I don't want to mean that to sound in, uh, in, in a heartless kind of way because those are difficult things to do, right? Mm-hmm. Really, really difficult. Um, but there's nothing sort of short-term, quick fix investment mm-hmm. type thing. I would caution against anyone thinking that that's a way to try to solve that 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 getting more money in in the short term, right? Because these right. are volatile and, and uncertain times in the short term to how to invest, right? But- but that's that's the crunch people are definitely feeling, and it's a bigger macroeconomic trend for sure. And I I mean maybe this is a bit off topic, and um, anyway, um, but I was just thinking because we're vulnerable in the short term, right? With these, um, the crunch you just described. When we hear about a quick fix in- investment somewhere, we're prone to perk up our ears and think, oh, well, this is a nice quick way I can make money. But you're basically telling us, like, be very careful of those messages. Mm-hmm. I would say for sure, 100%. Over my 20 plus years of doing this, though, those normally ne- never work work out. I mean, what we're looking at, maybe I'll spend just a couple seconds explaining that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people who are risk averse right now are saying, well, you know, I used to buy GICs or bonds, and how can I do that now? And I think the answer is really you can't. Um, you know, you can buy a locked-in GIC and get what one and a half percent, or a government bond. You know, its yield uh, on the five years gone, you know, up recently, but uh, that means its price has gone down. By the way, if you had owned it earlier, so people are actually negative in 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 bonds that they bought a few months ago. Uh, but yields have gone up from around one point five to around one point seven five, one point eight. Well, inflation is higher than that, right? Mm. So if your investment is only earning one point eight, and inflation is even just two, let's say, or, but actually in the short term, maybe four or five, you're losing purchasing mm-hmm. power significantly over time. And this has been, I think, a part of the orchestrated move that central banks and planners have done over the years. They have they know we need to do this because the debt levels are too high. And, and we've said years ago that the likelihood of the debt problem is they're going to try to inflate it away. 
Um, and that's what's going on. And so what it means is those who have excess, who have money to invest, have to be sort of pushing that money outside and maybe even outside their comfort zone, but up the spectrum of risk to own things that yeah. are more volatile in their price because they're not being compensated with the safety right now, right? And that's been the thing we've had to work on with clients to uh, get them accustomed to higher risk because mm-hmm. they need to take that risk, whether they want to or 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 not. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so a few of the things that we've done on that side, like actual investing, just to give people some practical things to think about. Um, I'll just go through sort of the main asset classes that people use in an investment account. Um, you know, a big chunk of people's money is in the safe stuff, bonds, right? And well, I think there you can't own these long-term government bonds anymore because you'll lose money when interest rates go up. And that's what's expected to happen as inflation starts to rise. Um, and so using more unconstrained strategies like that can go globally or, or <clears throat> different types of fixed income uh, or so that that's an, un, an an unconstrained strategy that can go up more of up a positive real yield curve, uh, inflation linked bonds over nominal bonds, and just things that are are tied to the yield going higher. There are some out there that you can look at, but generally keeping bonds to on the lower end of your allocation is probably wise right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the stock market side, equities that's where you own a business. This is probably one of the best places to be investing, I would say, despite the volatility that we're seeing. But you know, we're focusing on value-oriented businesses now, ones that are that have somewhat been out of favor for a number of years, while tech and growth has really mm. uh, been the winner. But you know, big blue chip dividend names, things that we use on a regular basis, those those companies are actually relatively speaking cheaper and um and and have a good history of of pricing power increases. So when you need something that a company provides it has what we call pricing power. So they can raise prices um, because people need it. And that's what we're seeing in inflation. Mm-hmm. And their costs are are relatively con- are relatively contained and, and stable. Therefore, they can maintain their earnings. And that's when you own a business, when you own a stock, that's what you really want is, is a company where its earnings are stable and can be uh, resilient given a higher inflation. And that means they have to have pricing power. They have to be able to raise prices and uh and keep costs in check that's what we're looking for uh in order to to find businesses that can weather a higher inflationary period and and there are certain sectors that are definitely better for that uh, i think things like gold and c- commodity related whether it's oil or and the businesses that that are in that space uh, the whole commodity space these are hard assets right they tend to do well in higher inflation periods as well and um, the last two, as I'll close off, because it's probably getting a little boring here, but the real estate uh, space, <laughs> well, yeah, real estate's a strong one. I think yeah. that's always, uh, if it can produce income and can go up in value, that's that's wise to own. And um, in, uh, infrastructure businesses as well, those that own highways and tolls and bridges and ports and things like that, we, we, we also try to find businesses like that that are highly linked to doing well in higher inflationary times. So you can mix all that together in, in a right risk level and um, <clears throat> should be able to weather a higher inflationary storm. 
Mm. There you go. And, and you know, for those people that just had their eyes glaze over that last <laughs> minute or half, that you can just simply call Brent's office and say, hey, Brent, uh, need to chat about the last uh, two or three minutes of the podcast <laughs> over at, at Let's Talk Money. What was that you said? <laughs> what were you talking about? Because it was Greek or Roman or something else. But, uh, Brent, so appreciate uh, your insight. And, and again, for, those, for me, who's ingesting all of that last few minutes specifically, I love the way you guys tie the heart and the practical together so um and that's that's just and we're going to continue the conversation actually next week so um yeah uh, come back to hear more of brent so and for those of you that are listening join us next week when we talk money let's talk money is a division of more than enough financial fitness where god is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow for more information or to comment on today's show please visit more than enough.ca